pastors, Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. I want to talk about crisis management today. I mean, we're right at the center of a crisis right now with the pandemic, with everything that's going on. You know, people are dying. Uh, People are losing their jobs. And what do we do when we're in the middle of a crisis? And the the question is, what do we do when we are in the middle of a crisis? I remember back in, and and I like sharing this testimony, not everyone have been able to hear this, but I remember back in 2015 when my daughter, I used to live at Christ for the Nations. I think most of you have heard this testimony. I was a student at Christ for the Nations, and actually at that time I was just on staff. And then we had some people that were visiting our house, and they decided to take our kid to to the pool. Within 30, 40 minutes, we hear people screaming and like, what's going on? Uh, and then somebody starts saying, Talita drowned, Talita drowned. I, I was at the grill. I was grilling something. I left and jumped in the water. I picked her up. Her eyes were open. She was completely purple. She was unconscious. She would not respond it. I called her name several times. Talita never knew her name was going to be so prophetic. Talita, Talita Kuhn. When God, when Jesus walks into the centurion's home, uh, he says, the girl is not dead. She's actually asleep. Talita Kuhn means little girl, right? up you know and we named her Talita never thought it was going to be so prophetic you know and we kept calling I kept calling her name Talita she would not respond it to the point that I quit I laid her down I walked away first person came started to perform CPR nothing second person came started performing CPR nothing third person was a pediatrician nurse that lived on campus at Christ for the Nations she started checking her pulse and we could see her like doing this and I, I lost, I lost right there. I was like, it's over. I'm going back to one child, you know? And then a fourth person, listen, I, I, hear, I hear pastors saying this a lot, our pastor. There's no coincidence in the kingdom of God. Nothing happens by accident. If you're here today, you're not an accident. Listen, there's not one person out there that has the same th- thumbprint that you do. You are... You've been fearfully made by God. So sometimes people point fingers at your face. You're not good for anything. This is a lie of the devil because we have an assignment on this earth and God will fulfill that assignment through our lives in Jesus name, you know, but that fourth person was supposed to be moving the day before, but her truck broke down, her moving truck broke down and she actually months before she went through a CPR certification with my wife. My wife was there, but she couldn't do anything. She got on her knees. She started crying and she said, Lord, I I have no strength. All I can do is ask that you save my baby. And this, this lady, which was the fourth person to come in and start performing CPR. Everybody was already like, we're, we're quitting. There was about 40 people. I used to live in a staff housing, staff housing and director, professors they were all there and they were crying out they were asking God for a miracle this fourth person saying we're not giving up we not giving up and it was almost five minutes her without oxygen eyes open purple her her belly you could see there was so much water we start praying they start praying because I was I I, I'll tell you I, I I ended up quitting I walked away and I'm just watching this and my mind is like a movie going through and God guess what he brought her back They took her to the hospital. She ended up staying in the hospital. 
you know, for like three, four days. They did all the exams. She had a lot of water in her belly and her lungs. But the doctor's like, it, within an hour, I remember getting to the hospital and I was complaining. You never think things are going to happen to you. You hear everybody else's story and he's like, oh, man, it's not going to happen to me, you know? And then suddenly happens. Is that God that's putting that on you? No, that's not God. He allows it because at the end of the day, he gets the glory. You know, that's a testimony that we have. And I promise God, whatever I go, I'm going to share this testimony because he's a God of miracle to the point that he will resurrect somebody. Literally. And I was like, dude, I was complaining. My wife looked at me and said, shut up. Stop complaining. The one that started the good work, he is faithful to finish what he started. Within an hour, she literally peed eight times water. Within an hour, God was cleaning her. We went through an investigation. CPS came, Child Protective Services. You know, it was hell for 90 days. But then we ended up getting, and I'm telling you guys this. I'm trying to make it fast. I'm not telling all the details. But within the 90 days of investigation, we received a letter from a collection company saying that we owe money to the hospital. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. We have insurance. We paid everything that we were supposed to pay. So I called them and they say, it has nothing to do with your daughter. This is from four years ago. I was like, four years ago? What happened four years ago? You never called me. I never got a letter. So they say, well, this has to do with your wife during her pregnancy. I'm like, okay, what happened? I'm trying to think four years ago. Then I remember my wife, when she was nine weeks of being pregnant, she was rushed into the hospital with Talita. And the doctor said, you're not going to hold this baby. Your placenta is already detached. You know, this is going to be in spontaneous, uh, spontaneous abortion. Uh, it's, 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 they actually wrote in there, miscarriage. You know, she went back home. She was crying. There was a doctor from India that used to go to Christ for the Nations. She was a student. She said, listen, we're going to cancel the words of that doctor in the hospital. We're going to pray over you and God will heal you. But you have to go on bed rest, and we're just going to trust with you. So my wife quit her job. She ended up staying in the house. We had people come and help us, students. Uh, and that's the day that one day my wife, she, she would literally cry every day. She would go into the restroom. She would call me and say, come with me because I'm bleeding every day, like literally. And to the point that one day she was laying down in the couch, and she's like, I'm wasting my time. I should just go back to work. And this baby's probably gone by now, you know? And she received a text message from somebody that she had won her for Jesus on a mission trip. And this girl said, listen, read the book of Mark when Jesus walks into the centurion's home. She read that and she immediately felt like, listen, if God gives me a baby girl and he heals my womb, I'm going to name her Talita if it's a baby girl. And that's how she named Talita. Why am I saying all this? Because there's no coincidence in the kingdom of God. That letter that took four years for us to receive, it makes no sense. I never got a call from this hospital. I never got a letter from them. And they had my address, okay? When I looked at the, when I called them and I spoke to them, they told me the day that my wife was rushed into the hospital. It was August 2nd, 2011. She was taken into the hospital at 8 p.m., Four years later, August 2nd, 2015, on the same day, and I have all the documents if anyone wants to see it ever. I have it. On the same day at 8 p.m., I was rushing my daughter to the hospital. The devil tried to kill her twice on the same day at the same time. But we have a God that is above all things. We have a God that is a God of miracles. And no one will take your life away until it's your time to go. 
Because we have, our days are counted by him. And it doesn't matter if you get hit. What, what do we do in the middle of a crisis? 2008, when the, the, the market crashed. I lost everything back in Florida. I was living in Florida, the, the, the real estate market. It was a mess. I was a loan officer at the time. Now, what do you do in the middle of a crisis? Let me give you a definition of the word crisis. According to the dictionary, crisis means a turning point. Okay? A sudden change in the course of something. It's a turning point, a sudden change in the course of something. In other words, we're going here. Everything's going good. Suddenly something happens, you have to make a change. Okay? And then that change sometimes can be very painful, you know? And you don't know what to do. A lot of times it's not your time. A lot of times when you, when you get hit by a crisis, it's not your fault. But there are times that we put ourselves in a crisis too. There are times that we put ourselves. Let me say this. You become a victim of the circumstances a lot of times. But this is what you need to understand. How you view the situation. How you view the crisis that you are in will determine the outcome. Okay? I remember reading something. John Kennedy, former president of the United States, he was giving a speech in 1959, I believe that's what it was, yeah. And he said this, that in the Chinese language, crisis, Chinese languages are what, based on characters, right? So there's two characters for the, the, the word crisis, which it means in Chinese, crisis, danger and opportunity. Danger an opportunity. How you see your crisis will determine the outcome. You know, we must understand that when we go through crisis, we're definitely in, in, in danger of getting ourselves in trouble in situations that sometimes feels like we, we can't get out of it. But at the same time, God has given us an opportunity to get to the other side and show the world the God that we serve. You know, when God allows you, he's giving you that opportunity. John sixteen thirty three says this. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Let me say this. When I hear pastors saying, oh, from now on, that you gave your life to Jesus, there will be no more trouble. That's a lie. Okay? Because the devil... Why would he waste his time on those that are his? It's his. He's going to go after those that there's an assignment for their lives. There's a purpose for your life. And then you will get hit. Yes. But we read the end of the book, as my pastor says. You know, we have the victory because we have someone that will walk with us in the middle of a crisis. You know, there are different types of crises. Crisis often leads us to despair, a sense of being defeated and failure, you know, but it's possible to overcome crisis. What are some of the, what are some of the crises out there? Financial crisis right now. People are losing their jobs. You know, I've been giving away food every Saturday for the past year. It's been now one year anniversary, you know, where former president, they started a program, uh, farmers to families, and we were able to take advantage of it. It's been a whole year. They actually just shot it down. We're going to be doing three more weeks. People are desperate for food. I have people that are driving here two hours to get a load of food. You know, it's crazy. So people are going through a financial crisis. People are going through spiritual crisis. 
A lot of people right now is like, man, they're they're finally getting to a moment like it's not it's not the material, it's not what I have. It's I'm empty. There's something, and, and I don't know what it is. Which this is when I when it comes to this, this is the time that we have to get out. This is the time that we have to take church outside of the four walls because there's a spiritual crisis out there. People are lost and they're looking for answers. And what are we doing about it? We don't have time to waste no more. No, people are making, people are going through the crisis of making the right decision. Pastor, when he called me about this, this pastor that passed away yesterday, the husband called me and he's like, I don't know what to do because they have to do a tracheotomy. And for her to do a tracheotomy, it would take four minutes at least for them to remove her from the ventilator and, and do the procedure. You know, and I don't think that they, they were saying that she doesn't have enough strength. You know, so he was in that crisis of making the right decision. Do I just keep her in the ventilator, which she could die at any moment because she was already over the, 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 the days that you can be on a ventilator? Do we just go with the tracheotomy? And, and, but there's a chance there. That crisis of making the right decision. Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I keep going forward? Do I go back? You know, people are facing that crisis right now of making right decisions. You know, what do you do? Family crisis. Marital crisis. You know, identity crisis. This these teenagers right now my daughter came home the other day she's only nine years of age and she's telling me her her friend is telling her that he's gay are you kidding me that's nine that's a kid with nine years of age they're having an identity crisis they don't know who they are the devil is such a liar the devil is i mean i get mad people don't have common sense no more they're trying to wait they're trying to put so much fear on us so much fear in us. They're trying to take our freedom. And people don't people are not thinking. They're, they're not reasoning anymore. They're just listening. I'm like, what's going on? That bothers me. Common sense. I go to places where I, I get it. I'm sorry, guys. But I, I go to places where now the other day I went to pay with cash. Oh, we don't take your cash because of COVID. Come on, that's an agenda. You know, you're kidding me, but you take my credit card. And you have to you have to. Grab a credit card and slide on their same machine. Are you stupid or what? That's common sense. That's a crisis. There were. What do we do? God have mercy on us. But there's still, there's still a great God out there who is in control of our lives, who will not live or forsake us. We can't quit. We can't quit. Pastor always says this. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Look at Pastor Tiss. They're going through something with baby lion. Suddenly she finds out that she has cancer. But it's how you view your situation that will determine your outcome. You know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I speak that, you know, hey, there's no such a thing. Oh, my pastor, listen, I'm a human. <laughs> that title, yes, it's a title, but it doesn't mean I'm different than you. I sometimes battle with fears. I'm like, dude, but I've been laying hands over myself. I don't need so-and-so to come in. No, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind. I speak the word of God over me. I say, I'm no longer a slave for fear, a fear. I'm counseling that. I'm counseling that. 
And that's what we need to do. That's why we need to get fit for life. Listen, there will be times that you won't have Pastor Larry. There will be times that you won't have Pastor Waters. There will be times that you won't be able to have your book, the Bible. But if you have your Bible here, you speak the word of God. That's how you will overcome crisis. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It matters what God has determined for your life. That's what it matters. There's examples of people in the Bible that were facing crisis. Think about Job. He was going through four different types of crisis. He lost his finances. Now he got sick. He lost his health. He lost all of his friends. Let me say this. In the middle of a crisis, it will show you who are your friends. That's it. You know, you're in the middle of a crisis. Everybody wants to be water. So water cooks the best people like the best shit. So they all want to be close to me. But when you're in the middle of a crisis, okay, where are my friends? I've learned that my friends today, I'll tell you, more and more and more, it's my dad and my mom, my family, my family, because they're always going to be there for me. You know? Because when I got in trouble when I was 16 years of age, that I ended up, I have a testimony, guys. I was in the house for a day, 24 hours. Hey, just for they, 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 they caught me swimming in a pool where I wasn't supposed to. So they 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 they, they put it on paper, uh, lagering, whatever that like that word is. Yeah, uh, just wasting time. Else, you know, I have a testimony. But guess what? All my friends that were there they disappeared. My father was the one that came and took me out of juvenile hall. Twenty four hours, I was crying like a baby. My father passed me. What a disappointment. You know. But your friends are gone when you're in the middle of a crisis. They want to be with you when everything's okay. But they're gone, you know. And then he lost his marriage, Job. <laughs> he lost his marriage. His wife was so bitter with everything that was, ha- that was happening to him that she said, curse your God. Yeah. Look, curse your God. That's what he, for crisis. Then we go to Lazarus, sick. He got sick. Jesus never came, then he's dead. <laughs> What's going on? Mary Martha. Well, if Jesus had come, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Jesus will come at the right time. It doesn't matter if you're dead. He brought my daughter back to life. He is the king of kings. He is the life and resurrection. It doesn't matter what situation it is. He will always show up. And if God calls you home, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Because like you said today, what did you tell me? She is in the crowd. Praise Jesus. There's always hope when we know God. What is the main reason for crisis? The devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's stupid. And he will do whatever it takes. But we know who we are. But let me turn this around a little bit. There's a lot of people out there that they're putting themselves into crisis. How is that, Pastor? There are always wanting what other people have. Envious of others. Not satisfied with what you have. I've learned something in life. That prosperity is more than just having all the money. Prosperity is also knowing that the daily manna, the daily bread comes fresh from heaven. 
and he will continue to provide. Prosperity is when you have joy, you're able to sit around the table with your family. But there's people like, I want what they have. They put themselves in that crisis because they're not satisfied with what they have. The complainers. Have you heard someone that's always complaining? They're never satisfied. Oh, I wish. I love my mom. Today is actually her last Sunday here. She's going back to Brazil. She's been four months in my house. I love my mom. But I, I've been praying with her. I've been praying with her because she has a negative spirit. She's always like, she always sees the negative first before she sees the, it's like she, I, I tell her, she's like, she gives me a punch in the, in the face and then, oh, I'm sorry. Too late. The complainers, they're always complaining. They're always being negative. That means you always put yourself in a crisis. Those that are spiritually blind, lack of intimacy with the Lord. That's what it is. Not spending enough time with the Lord. Those that are, listen, you know, somebody else that can get, people that can get themselves in trouble too, those that don't know how to uh, be submissive to authority. Lack of submission. That will also take you into a place of crisis. I was at Christ for the nations for 10 years. There were some things that they asked us not to do. Walk on the grass. I'm like, dude, that's stupid. <laughs> you can't walk on the grass. You can't do a picnic on the grass. Okay. I'm like, dude, that's dumb. But for 10 years, they were teaching me what? Integrity. Work on my character. Obedience. So I will walk around. Man, two extra But to this day, it taught me something. Submission. Who's the authority over this church? Pastor Larry. You know? So I listen to him. My ears are open to listen. Because if not, I put myself in a crisis. Families. Families. Let's talk about families. Look. Colossians 3.18, factors that lead families into crisis. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, man, it's everything there. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Anger, hostility, bitterness. It's killing families. It's putting them in, in a crisis. You know, because wives don't know how to submit to their husbands. Husbands don't know how to respect their wives and listen to them. Listen, I made a choice in my life. I, I made a commitment in my life many years ago. You know, I've been married now for 18 years with my beautiful wife, you know, and, and it wasn't easy. The first few years, man, I wanted to punch her. I'll tell you. And she wanted to punch me back. And I was like, dude, and, and, and that's how it is there. If you tell me that there are no times, I mean, if, if I ask around here, how long you guys been married? 47. Were there any time that you wanted, like, I want to punch him or like divorce him or like, well, it's okay. Be, be real. There were any times, 47 years, exactly 47 years. But listen, love is a choice. 
I choose to love my wife every day because that first reaction, that passion, it goes away, you know, and then I choose to walk with her and love her. And even if she looks at me, she's like this fat boy. Look, he wasn't fat when I got married to him. I wish I could return the product, but no, there's no return policy on this product right here, you know, but guess what? She chooses to love me every day. If not, you put yourself in a crisis. You put yourself in a crisis because of stupidity. Little things that we don't pay attention, that we say that we don't. And that's why I listen. I love what David Barton was saying the other day on Sunday. Don't let them just teach you. Question. Risen. That's how you say think. (laughs) You know, don't just go with. Oh, we're just going to learn. No, (laughs) I'm going to learn. I'm going to pray. And I want to make sure it makes sense to the word of God. Otherwise, I'll put myself in a crisis. Okay. Now we got eight more minutes. When you are in a crisis, how you view, it will give you the outcome, right? This is what you need to do. And this is what you need to understand. And this is what God spoke to me. That a life without crisis is a dark life. Okay? Proverbs 4.18. It says this. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. That shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Let's understand this verse. Before what was completely dark will start having it its first rays of light. More and more until you occupy the whole space. Until that light occupies the whole space. Listen. A life without crisis. It becomes a mediocre life. Is that the word? Okay. It becomes a mediocre. If you never go through a crisis, you won't be able to live above mediocrity. Okay? If you don't go through a crisis, it's, it's a useless life. Because what? You will never experience, a, if you never experience a crisis, you will not have experiences and testimonies to tell others. I went through a crisis with my daughter. Now I have a testimony. And that testimony has blessed many people. People call me and my wife when they hear that we went through this situation of near drowning. They call us with situations of people that are in the hospital for us to pray. God is using that situation. Look at Pastor Tiss. Look at Baby Lion. They went through a crisis. And I believe that we're going to become a magnet, this church. You know, for people around the world to see that there's a God, that it's a healer. I have no doubt you know, a life without crisis, it's an unfruitful life. The crisis comes on us so that we can become fruitful in our Christian walk with the Lord. God called you and me to bear fruits. James 1 verse 2 and 3 says this, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So there's positive things that we can take from crisis. Positive things. These crises, when we're facing a crisis, listen, crisis makes you master in life. Makes you master in life. You don't need to go, 
You don't need to go to college for, for becoming a master. Just go through a crisis and you know, you are a master <laughs> in life. You know, it revealed to you, and I said it earlier, who your true friends are. <laughs> it identifies you with Jesus. Jesus went through crisis. So when you go through a crisis, it identifies you with Jesus. It brings you closer to God and you have a testimony to share. And you have a testimony to share. How can we overcome crisis? All right, I'm going to give you a few steps and then we'll be over. Pray to God. First thing, Psalms 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Pray to God. That's the first thing you need to do. Second, do not be anxious. Trust the Lord. Do not be anxious. That's the thing that we have to pray every day. When you see anxiety, man, lay hands on you. Lay hands and start speaking the word. Listen, I learned something in Bible college. There was a teacher, man. She was literally a mobile Bible, you know. She knew the word of God. She knows the word of God. She's still alive. But she, she tells us, listen, I've never been sick. Because every time I felt something, I start speaking the word of God. You know, we, a lot of times we pray. We don't know how to pray. Lord, I pray that you would do this. Lord, I pray that you will. Ah, listen. I pray what your word told us that more than 2,000 years ago, Isaiah 53, 5 says that by your stripes, I have received healing. Speak the word of God when you pray. Speak the word of God so you're not praying wrong. If you don't know, if you don't know how to pray, pray in tongues. <laughs> pray in tongues because the devil will know what you're saying and it's a direct connection here between you and God. You know, pray in tongues. Sometimes I just don't know how to say. I was just like, Boom, punching the devil. He's like, he's lost. He's like, what? Because when you speak, let me say this. He, he can get a hold of it. Don't say words. Because there's power in your tongues. If you don't know, if, if you're going to say something dumb, don't say it. Keep it to yourself. Because when you put it out, he can't know, he doesn't know what you're thinking. He can send darts and try to influence you through your thoughts, but he doesn't know what you're thinking. Okay? I'm going to finish with this. So, do not be anxious. Start recalling God's promises to you. Start recalling God's promises to you, okay? And it's in the word, Jeremiah 29, 11. I have a great future for each one of you. That's what he says. Be watchful, be vigilant the whole time. You know? I got hurt so many times inside Christ for the Nations, a Bible college, because I, I put my guard down because I thought everybody's in the same direction. Everybody's following the same goal. But listen, we're humans. The minute I put my guard down, I'm boom, 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 knocked out. You know? So be vigilant, okay? Keep your enthusiasm. Through, through your crisis, in the middle of a crisis, keep your enthusiasm. Worship God. Believe with all your heart in God. And remind yourself of the things God did for you in the past and his covenant to mankind I'm going to finish with one testimony and I think I share it with some of you but there's power in our words be careful what you're saying Joseph he shared his dreams he got himself in quite a bit of of course there was a purpose there but careful. You know, my father the other day, back in 2001, that's when 
Brazil. I used to go to Brazil all the time. Like almost like every month you would fly to Brazil. And I remember in 2001, they closed uh, the airspace for, for uh, 30 some days. I, I think that's what it was. And right after, he was able to fly to Brazil. And then he's coming back now. And then they started questioning. They started doing security questions. Because of 2000, 2001, because of the Twin Tower. And the way they were doing it in Brazil, American Airlines counting, the way they were doing it in Brazil was dumb. I was like, dude, they ask you, have you left your uh, luggage alone after fixing it? They ask you, are you bringing any type of weapons? Like, dude, if you're trying to do something, if you're going to do something, if you're a criminal, you're not going to tell me you're carrying a weapon inside your, I'm like, are you kidding me? So my father walks into the counter and the guy's like, sir, have you left here this? Uh, are you carrying any weapons with you? My father, he's a jokester just like me, you know? Sometimes we get in trouble for like, hey, Take it easy, Wanderson. But he like, look at the guy and say, yes, I'm carrying a weapon. It's like, whoa, the guy's like, what? Sir, w- 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 what are you carrying? My father, my father's a pastor. He says, I'm carrying my tongue. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm carrying my tongue. The word of God says that with my tongue, I can bless you or I can curse you. But I bless you today in Jesus' name. My father did that and he walked away. He went into the, um, where you wait to go into the boarding area. And he's sitting there and then, attention Mr. Wanderly Franco. Please come to the counter. Attention Mr. Wanderly Franco. My dad, oh, I'm in trouble here. So he goes to the counter. The lady says, are you Wanderly? Yes, I'm Wanderly. Would you follow me? And then they start walking into this room. And then she said, listen, I'm a Christian. And you said something out there that happened to cause a situation. And I want you to come with me. My father walks into this room. The guy that was at the counter, he's literally in tears, crying. And then my father asked him what happened. And this guy told him, listen. Today, before I came to work, I was just tired with life. And I gave God one more chance. And I said, God, if you're real, if you exist, I want a sign today. Because otherwise, I'm going to kill myself when I come back from work today. I was ready to kill myself. But you walk into that counter and you threw that joke on me. And you said, I bless you in Jesus name. That was a sign. Right there, he gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> so listen. <laughs> Speak life. Speak life. I, I love when pastors say, be careful. Don't be... 30 days, let's just speak life. Don't give the, the enemy... A uh, 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 foothold. You know, don't give the enemy... Don't open any gaps for the enemy to come in. Because God is for you and you are, able to, you are able to manage the crisis that you're in, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Let me pray for you today. Thank you for everyone that's here today. Listen, this is a class that we want to be able to be a blessing and teach you how to be fit for life. Okay? I can't teach you how to be fit in the physical because you can see it here, you know? <laughs> I'm trying. But <laughs> spiritually, let's be fit to overcome the crisis and the situations that we face. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you, Lord. Father, nothing falls short from your hands, Father. 
We praise you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you for every person that's here. Every situation that we're facing right now, we give it to you and we know that you will get us through, Father. You will help us. You will give us wisdom, Father. I pray that that we will start looking at our crisis, crisis in a different way. View the situation in a different way, Father. I pray that we will be careful with the words that comes out of our mouths. I pray that we will give all of our anxieties to you. I pray that you will guide our path, our steps. Let our thoughts be yours. Father, I don't want to live my dreams. I want to live your dreams, Father. Your dreams are better for all of us. I thank you for this amazing church, this amazing ministry. I thank you for our pastors, for empowering us, for allowing us to be a better human, Father. By teaching your word, your word. I bless every person that is here today, Father. We thank you. Greater things are yet to come. And we take that, Father, into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming today.